and welcome to The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. It's a new team with you today. I'm James Magnuson. I'm joined on debut by Cooper Johns. We are coming to you live from Moore Park Golf Club. This Thursday, the 7th of December, good afternoon, Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, listeners across the SEN network. To those listening around the world on the SEN app, let us know where you're listening from. And a shout out to the Run Home podcast listeners on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are now on YouTube. Search Joel and Fletch and subscribe. Cooper Johns, welcome to, uh, welcome to SEN, welcome to the Run Home. I can't. I'm not really in the place, the position to welcome you because it's not my show. But here <laughs> we are. Nonetheless, mate, you've done a great introduction, mate. Good to be on. I listen all the time, mate. You do an excellent job. So you've done a little bit of radio and podcasting and, and all that sort of jazz. But is this first time co-hosting a show? Uh, I did. I did one with uh, a Morning Glory with Dad and Webby one time. True. About a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but wasn't as professional as this. I no, of course. That it was, of uh, course. Not as entertaining. <laughs> so talk to me about what you're up to at the moment. Um, I know you're with us for a little period. Then you're doing some work as well with uh, with the big dogs over at Kiss S Fam. Um, what's what's planned for the next couple of months? Uh, yeah, just like you're saying, a bit of, bit of stuff over there with Kyle and Jackie O. Uh, they just signed a little bit of a deal, so hopefully there's... Just a little one. Yeah, hopefully there's a bit of money left over in the salary cap for me. <laughs> uh, there's probably not, now that I think about it. A uh, little bit of stuff with them. Uh, podcast starts back up in February as well, so... Um, yeah, just pick up where we left off, really. On the John's Family Podcast... Um, you're a listener. You're, yeah, oh. every now and then. So you're... Um, your mum messages my girlfriend every now and then. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think like fans of each other. Okay. Potentially. And she, she alerts Rose to when either Rose or I are spoken about on the podcast. Yeah. So she says, oh, Rose, have a listen to this episode. We talked about you and James or something like that. And she sent us, she sent us merch. I've got the Maddie Johns podcast t-shirt and hats. Um, so, yeah, Trish, Trish and Rose um, sort of liaise a little bit. Well, wow, that's a uh, sounds a little bit like a keys in the bowl club situation. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you were, tr- you were trying to uh, really PG that up for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can call me daddy by the end of the show today. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about footy um, preseason at the moment. We'll get a, into a little bit of uh, preseason chat later on, um, but preseason this time of year. Um, most most of the boys are back at training at the moment. Um, with the Manly boys, um, what are they up to? Are they doing any sort of camps? I saw Parramatta was at Wiseman Ferry, which is not very exciting. And no. Brooksy, welcome to the show. Welcome to your show. Chance. You welcome. were saying Canberra were on a bit of a camp at the moment. Yeah, down in Kiama. Yeah. Saw them there on Tuesday. It's bit like, of a, that's a bit nicer for them than yeah. getting up out of the nation's capital. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Any any opportunity, Holiday. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, have, what, have you got any... Um... Well, Manly's here on Vegas. So I don't oh. know how much budget they've got to go and run their own camp as well. Uh, we did it last, last season. We did an army camp just before Christmas. And I think that's going to turn into a regular thing for them. Here uh, in Sydney? It'll be in Sydney. Last year, we did it in Mudgee. Um, oh, yeah. We did a team one, but this from now, similar to what the Storm do, they're going to do all first-year players have to do it. Yeah. So there'll probably only be about 10 to 12 players who have to do it. Last year, all 36 of us did it. Um, so that was that was fun. Uh, but this year... Even think, your elder statesmen, like a, like a Cherry Evans, had to do a well, military camp. Ches, uh, Ches had never done one. Really? Cherry had never done one. I'd done one, and Cherry came in. He came in off rep duties. He was supposed to come back in January. 
Uh, but Siebes asked him and Jake to come back early just to do that, yeah. which they happily did because they're good blokes. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have done it <laughs> off my own <laughs> back. But, but um, they decided to do that. And, I mean, it was a tough camp. It was a very tough camp. Um, but you wouldn't suspect boys of their age and stature to have to prove. They had nothing to yeah, prove. Yeah, that's a punish. Yeah, they didn't have anything to prove. Jake won man of the camp. Uh, Jakey T, as you can imagine. That kind of checks out. Yeah. He's, he's, the way he is, his work out on the field definitely suits an army style. The yeah. bloke said he'd, he'd happily serve in the trenches with Jake. Well, I haven't, uh, I've done the, the SAS TV show and I, have, like, I haven't done it with a football squad, obviously, but there was a lot of crying on our army camp. And I actually, like, towards the end, they, they used that against me. They said I wasn't emotional enough because I, I didn't cry. But um, when you do it with a footy team, are there any tears? I've seen tears before because at, in the Melbourne one, uh, there was a segment on day two when you haven't slept for two days. Mm. So the Melbourne one, you didn't sleep at all. So you went three, Monday to start Monday midday, you yep. finish Wednesday at two o'clock, yep. and you don't sleep at all. So uh, lucky most of the boys had a lot of practice in that, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of practice in that department. Um, but there was tears day two because they did a segment where you had to get up and tell the hardest part of your life. And when oh, you're not yeah. talking, when you're not, you know, sleeping and stuff, you get quite emotional. So there were a couple of tears in there, boys talking about people getting sick and things like that. But mm. the manly one, there was a fair bit of sleep. So there were no tears on that. Mm. Uh, a couple come close. Taniela Paseco almost cried a couple of times. <laughs> uh, very close. Uh, but no, not too many tears other than that. The one that got, well, gets most people on that show is they show, on the, on the SAS show, they, they show you a video of like your... Um, family or your kids or whatever, like saying, oh, I miss your daddy or, or that sort of stuff and people start crying. Yeah. But mine, I, I've got a girlfriend, but they, that was pretty much all they had on me. That was it. You, so, were, ha- you were happier to get away from yeah, her. She, <laughs> she, she said on her segment, she's like, oh, there's been so much happening since you've been gone. I've got so many stories to tell you when you get home. I was like, oh. And then <laughs> Aunt Middleton, after when I was walking out of the ro- out of the room, he goes, "Enjoy the stories." <laughs> so, <laughs> that that, that Aunt Mid- Middleton, what's he like? Because he seems like a ripper bloke. So the first time I, I bumped into him was just at the Everest um, the other week. Was since the Sammy, show, was he with Sammy Burgess? Yeah, he was with Sammy yeah. Burgess. So on the show. I don't know if you watched that first season, but basically they got to the end and uh, we all finished, or four of us finished, and they said to me, like, you, you're not picked. And they just flew off in a helicopter and I never saw Ant Middleton again. <laughs> I didn't see him again. So he flew off in a helicopter with Honey Badger and, um, and um, oh, what's his name? Um, Mer- uh, Merrick from Radio American oh, oh, Rosso. Did Merrick beat yeah. you? Yeah. Top. Yeah, because I didn't show enough emotion. That was my downfall. Oh, wow. Yeah, Don't worry. Right. He, he got plenty of emotion in him, Merrick. Yeah, well, if you were in the trenches, you're about to run over the top. You look to your left and you see Merrick. Like, <laughs> 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 are you filled with confidence? I don't know. He, he, is, a, he is a ripper bloke, though, Merrick. Um, but they flew off in a helicopter together, and I was kind of standing there on the mountain on my own. And then they drew, drove me back in a four-wheel drive. I got back to the, um, the hotel in, in Threadbo. I was like, oh, where is everyone? They're like, oh, they're gone. Oh, like, that's wow. it. And I was like, oh, sweet. So would you just pack up and straight away and left? I had like a debrief with a psychologist, got some pizza and stuff, and then, uh, yeah, drove back to Sydney. What's the debrief for? Is that to see if there's any damage? To see if you cooked. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some of, like a fair few people were. So I, I, I kept in contact with Merrick after it. And um, he got deep into it, like into the headspace. Oh, yeah. 
and was having really bad night terrors and couldn't sleep for a long period after because he got so immersed into it. Yeah, wow. And uh, so he was um, having regular check-ins with the psychologist, debriefs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I remember at our army camp, similar to that, a lot of, all the boys for the next week, every time they'd go to sleep, they'd wake up from nightmares thinking they were still on the army camp. Yeah. And it, made, it happened, I reckon, because we ended up sending a WhatsApp message into the group going, is everyone else having nightmares? <laughs> yeah. And 10 of the 15 boys were awake at the same time at like 4 a.m. going, yeah, we're all, having, <laughs> yeah. We're all still up having shit nightmares. Yeah, and my, my missus was having massive dramas because I was having night terrors and doing big flinches and stuff in bed and like like flipping around and whacking her in the middle of the night and she was waking up, she's like, you've got problems. Like, I don't know what you're dreaming about. So I keep thinking because quite a few times during the show, We'd be in, the, we're in this barn thing and they'd come in, they'd throw a stun grenade in and you'd hear this big explosion and you'd wake up and your ears would, you know, on the movies, how they, they, you just hear, yeah, they're just ringing. Mm. You wake up and it's super bright and your ears are ringing and then they'd run in they're like, go, 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 go. And that, it does give you, I don't know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to call it PTSD because I feel like we're doing a disservice to people that actually yeah. went to war, but um it, yeah, it messes with you for quite a long time. So would those boys, uh, those younger boys be going on army camp about now no, or after Christmas? They'd, it'd be the last three days going in. So you break up for about the 21st or the 22nd. So they'd probably head yep. off probably the 18th and they'd, hire, they'd just hire um, the SAS guys to come to Sydney. I don't think they're going to take it back out that far because uh, yeah. not everyone's going. So I yep. think they're just going to do it around Sydney. So you might see some of them. Running around your neck of the woods, running around Bondi <laughs> Beach, like that. In camo the gear. streets. <laughs> yeah. Did you get anyone on there um, challenge the the instructors? And what do you mean? Get well, it? basically, like tell them to piss off. Like uh, you, you, they go so hard at you that sometimes you have to fight the urge, right, to turn around and go, "Oi." Yeah. Well, there's a cut. Not not the manly one. They weren't as mean on the manly one. The Melbourne one. There's been. Yarns of so many people doing it. James Maloney, when he was at Melbourne, <laughs> he, um, he, on the, so the last night, that's the hardest night, you got to yeah. sit, you'd lay out in the bush and you got to stand watch, you can't go to sleep, and there's, there's people coming through with guns and you have to say, halt, who goes there? Yeah. But you're forgetting your phrase the whole time. Yeah. Well, James Maloney was like, had blew him with them the whole time, apparently, <laughs> and apparently he just went, screw it, grabbed his sleeping bag out of his thing, walked like 10 meters into the bush, and just fell asleep. <laughs> and at about 6 a.m. in the morning, so I drop you out there at like 10 at night, and they pick you up around 5 in the morning. Yeah. And they were coming through on the like bus, picking everyone up, and they completely forgot about James Maloney. <laughs> so they got back to base camp, did a head count, and he was gone. So they had to go back out and send a search party back in to try to find him. Oh. I couldn't imagine him conforming to something like that. Did no. you did you play with him? No, so he he by the time I got down there, he yeah. was at Roosters. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. He's, been, he's had more clubs than Justin Hams. Yeah, so. I, can, <laughs> I like I can imagine him from a, a technical standpoint, but from a disciplinary standpoint, him as a coach would, would it's hard to envisage. I think yeah, I know. Um, I had Shane Flanagan last year, and I think. Flano, like uh, knowing the type of coach Flano is now that I've had him, he would have had serious troubles with James Maloney. He's not a very – he's someone that you can't coach the same as everyone else. Yeah. So with those disciplined coaches that everybody's on a level playing field, you've got to drive standards, yeah. you can't, there's just 
you just can't get the best out of James Maloney, I think, if yeah. you're trying to treat him like everyone else because he's, he just, he's just a character in his own sense and he get, he'll play the best footy when he's doing his own thing. You probably need a Paul Gallen to keep a James Maloney in line yeah. at you'd times. Need, you'd need big leaders yeah. to uh, definitely keep him in line. Well, there's that famous story about Paul Gallen, you know, with Bo Ryan in that squad. Again, another big personality. And Paul Gallen punched him out. Did on he? A, yeah, on a, on a mad Monday. Um, Bo Ryan was slapping him or something. Um, and Gallen turned around and said, do that one more time and I'll hit you. And he slapped him again and Gal turned around and clocked him. There's a lot. There's <laughs> enough. enough. enough yeah. <laughs> oh, would, you, would you test Paul Gallen though? <laughs> Far out. If he said no more, I'd, I'd probably leave the party. Don't worry. There's Mad Mondays and, and fights go hand in hand these days as well. Mm. I've seen a lot, of, a lot of blues in my time of boys picking on the wrong bloke and there's just a switch and next thing <laughs> chairs and glasses are getting thrown around everywhere. Yeah, all the ones I've seen have started out as uh, an argument about who would win in a wrestle and then the wrestle starts and one person glazes over or gets that look in their eye and the wrestle turns to body shots only which turns to just full on fight. Yeah, well, there's it's, you got Isn't one. There, the Swans player in the off season. Yeah, in the Mad he Monday, was wrestling. He's done his shoulder. Yeah, he's Callum, done for 20, Callum Mills. Callum Mills. Callum Mills. Yeah, the captain. Twenty twenty four is done. Yeah, wrestling's very popular. <laughs> oh, wrestling's very. It's it's one of the great things to do when you've had a couple. Like, yeah. Couple beers in your system. So, one of the assistant coaches uh, got in a wrestle at Roosters after they won the comp. He uh, called out one of the boys, and they had a massive wrestle. Apparently, the boys had to break it up. Yeah. Wow. When my, my girlfriend's from Melbourne and she hasn't, she's one of three girls and hasn't experienced any rugby league culture, any real male culture, to be honest. And when she moved to Sydney, my housemate at the time was playing for Newtown when they were reserve grade for um, the Roosters. And uh, the two of us were drinking one night. She must have been at our house as well. And I started chirping him and saying, I'd have you in a wrestle. And next minute, we've thrown down like in a serious wrestle, like going, like not a wrestle to the death, but you know, yeah. a lot of pride on the line. And she started like yelling and trying to break it up, and we're like, no, let this play out. And the next day, she's she she could not, but she was really upset for a start. Like she was almost crying. She's like, you guys are unhinged. And I was like, this no. <laughs> and and we were like best mates straight after. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we just had to settle. Who the better wrestler was? But <laughs> Who won? Uh, so he was. Oh, yeah. So he had all the technique because they did a lot of wrestling training. I was just enthusiasm and a bit of like explosiveness at the start. Yeah. So I start fast. Yeah. And if I don't pin him quickly, then um, you know he uh, technique overcomes. But he also do dirty stuff like heel locks and. Oh, so he was pretty bars. well trained. Yeah, just. He'd done a little bit of jiu-jitsu as well. Question for you, Missile. While we're on the topic of Mad Mondays, was there ever, is there a similar thing uh, for swimming yeah. or in the Olympics? Is there a Mad Monday-style event? Yeah. So the main, um, the main party at the Olympics is the last night of the swimming. So um, most swimmers are done by that last day, but the last event of the whole Olympic swimming program is the, mixed, uh, is the, is the medley relay. So I would always have to do that as the freestyler in the medley relay. Yeah. But the rest of the team is getting ready for that night is the big party. And whoever the major sponsor is of the Olympics usually puts on that party. So it's like a, I don't know, a Heineken or a Amiga or it's, and it's big, like big celebrities like your 
Hollywood celebrities are there. Uh, really? Yeah, uh, like, like really? a Matthew McConaughey was that one. What? Um, is is that all? Is there athletics, track, swimming? Are they just, all there? It's just swimming. Oh, it's just because we finish after that first week, and the rest yeah. of the games is still going. Yeah. Okay. So it really is the first big party of the Olympics as a whole, because we're the first sport to finish. It's a it's you know a, a, a big sport, and uh, all but all the countries go. So, yeah, like, wow. the Americans would go and stuff like that. Who's the loosest country? <laughs> uh, Australia. And second would probably be France. Yeah, well, okay. They go really hard. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I've had a few big nights with the Frenchies with zero English. The whole night we don't speak a word of English to each other, but just a nod and a wink. Sign language. And, uh, that, yeah, they know what's up, we know what's up. Uh, but the Americans never. But that's that night for us... And, it, you know, if you finish up that night before um, before daylight, then you've kind of packed it in a bit early. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, a, proper, it's a proper send. Yeah, because I hear a lot of stories about uh, some of the... Uh, how do I put this lightly at the Olympics? Some of the... Um, the village, they call it? Yeah, the village. Lots of... Extracurriculars. Yeah, lots of sleeping, not, not on their own, well, if you so know what I'm talking about. For the Tokyo Olympics, the most recent Olympics... They made the beds out of cardboard, so that oh. if anything happened, the bed would fall fall apart. Oh, really? Yeah, specifically for that reason. Well, yeah. So uh, you could only fit one in the bed type of thing? Well, apparently any kind of movement and the bed would collapse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, I mean, they're athletes, so they find a way. Oh, they're yeah. the best in the world at what they do. Yeah. There's more than one, not just a bed. They should have made the showers out of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, heaps more to get to today on the run home. Our debut of Cooper Johns. I'm James Magnuson. Join us after the break here on SEN. Welcome back to the run home. This is the Tradie Hour. Thanks to Amer Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. Got a prize today, caller of the week. The winner gets a $1,000 red smoke alarm household pack. Think red smoke alarms. Think 10-year warranty. Think Australian-owned. Think www.redsmokealarms.com.au. Uh, all right, Cooper, this is a part of the show where we interact a little bit with the listeners. We've got a heap of texts here. We've also got a caller on the line, so we'll get straight to him. John from Harrington Park, welcome to the run home. G'day, boys. Mr. Cooper, how are you? Yeah, we're good, John. What do you got for us? Good. I, I wanted to ask Cooper a question, mate. Um, being the um, nephew of the eighth immortal and the son of Matthew, what, what, what's more pressure, mate? Trying to be funny or a good footballer? Mm. Oh, great question, John. Um, well, I'm not good at either, but I'd probably say the foot the football side because dad dad was funny but he could also play football, but Joey w could play football but isn't funny. So <laughs> uh, there's probably more pressure because they're both good at football. Well answered, mate. Well answered. No, I just I thought um, I, I was actually going to leave um, Andrew right out of it because I know your dad did play, play pretty good football, but we all know that he cops it because, um, you know, Andrew is the immortal. But, um, yeah. but no, good, good, well answered, mate. Uh, you're doing well, actually. You're, you're doing well. Thanks, Thanks John. John. You sound very surprised. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Cooper, I, I assume um, growing up, whenever you played footy, your dad would have given you advice or, you know, a bit of a pre-game pep-up. Um, for radio or for, for the work you're doing now in the media, has is, is your dad been someone that you've lent on for advice or um, are you sort of just forging your own path? 
Uh, no, nah, I think definitely I lean on him for advice. A lot of yep. the stuff we do on the potty, uh, you know, I run stuff by him, content past him, say, mate, you reckon that's funny? He'll adjust it or he'll if he, he'll give his honest opinion if he thinks it's not, which yeah. sometimes happens. But uh, <laughs> I think my brother needs more work. I think he's probably the one that dad leans on the most to try to help because uh, Jack got uh, a lot of Trisha's humour. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah. It, uh, but he's he's obviously very smart to run by. Like Joey, I Joey was actually at my NRL debut, and he was coaching the Eels at the time. So he was the attack coach. So he come up to me, and was trying to give me some tips about what to do. None of it worked anyway. But like <laughs> I was I was listening. He was giving me stuff like he doesn't like to tackle on this shoulder. Give me like little yeah. details like that. But um, yeah, Dad definitely I lean on for the radio and stuff because he's very he's very intelligent with it. Is there ever a conversation around the dinner table of who is the greater goat because well, I grew up in the the Andrew Johns era so he in my eyes is the greatest footballer of all time but there's plenty of room for debate on that and and everyone's got a different opinion on that however when it comes to rugby league media I wouldn't have thought there's too much of a debate on who is the goat of that being being your dad, like I'm, I don't know, you could I guess you could throw Fatty Ostolo, but realistically and longevity wise, multiple different platforms, you'd have to say he's pretty he's pretty outright. So does that ever get brought up at the dinner? Does Dad ever toot his own horn at the dinner table? Well, <laughs> if there was an argument and and Joey's big noting about footy, you could have a pretty easy rebuttal about. Well, we, media ha- work. we haven't seen Joey in about eight months since they had a blue on SEN. So I, mm. we haven't really, uh, we haven't had dinner with, we never really got dinner before, but now we definitely don't get dinner. Uh, on the rugby league one though, uh, that's probably more of the debate. We never really talk about the media side of who's that sort of goat in, in rugby league media. Um, I think dad's, you know, definitely had the longevity of it. Uh, Fatty and stuff were excellent, but I think that the show, once the show kind of ended, they went more into commentary, so there hasn't really been a, another show like that since. Um, but rugby league-wise, we do often debate uh, about who's the best. I, I'm a believer of Cameron Smith. Uh, oh, only really? Because, well, I played with Smithy, <laughs> and I watched Smithy, yeah. and I knew what it was like to try to train against him and play yeah. with him, and he was unbelievably smart, did everything right. Uh, Joey's obviously, like, it's him and Joey, really, to talk about at the moment, Um but I didn't get to watch it. I didn't really get to watch any of yeah. Joey. By the time he'd retired, I was six. So um, I didn't that's really a get big to see part it. of it, isn't it? It's recency bias or what you grew up watching. I reckon there's a, there's a there's an age bracket where you're very impressionable, and that's when you form your opinion on who who is the goat in that sense. I think so. For me, when I was growing up and playing footy myself, it was Joey. It was the guy, and I was from Port Macquarie, so most people in that area followed Newcastle. Um, so he was the guy, but. And, and I always used to bristle when people said it was JT, not Joey. Now, as I've, you know, got a bit older and cooled down a bit, I'm like, yeah, I could see the debate for JT or Darren Lockyer or Cam Smith. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I always thought that would be an interesting conversation if Joey slung a bit of rugby league rhetoric, if your dad ever returned fire with, well, at least I'm nah, undisputed don't worry, in my da- field. Dad always says stuff like that. Dad, um, whenever Dad's got a, an ongoing joke that he's used on everything... And he uh, says, Joey used to ring him when he'd start doing commentary when he retired. And uh, Dad would say to him, and Joey would say, mate, how do you think I'm going? How do you think my commentary is? And Dad said, well, God can't give you everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a break here on The Run Home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson.
Thanks, Amy. We are now on YouTube. Search Joel and Fletch and subscribe. The run home with Joel and Fletch, thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is now on. And MFP Easy voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder. All right, this is the part of the show where we give you some tips, market update, thanks to Sportsbet. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Uh, welcome to the show, Mitchie Abaya. G'day, fellas. How are we going? Yeah, we're good, Mitchie. We're very excited because the Big Bash starts tonight and uh, we want to know where the money is. Yeah, uh, it does. Brisbane Heat v the Stars, Melbourne Stars. Uh, 7.15 is the start of the game. There's 80 uh, markets on sports bet for this match. Brisbane Heat, $1.71. Melbourne Stars are at $2.15. Um, there's an interesting market on their team to score the most sixes. Brisbane Heat, $2.45. The Stars, $1.96. And a tie for uh, most sixes for the game at $6.50. I think there's uh, plenty of odd and unusual markets as well as your basic ones on the sports bet up for the Brisbane Heat v Melbourne Stars. Who are the favourites to take out the whole tournament this year, Mitchie? Uh, Favourite to take out the whole tournament, uh, you have Perth Scorchers $3.75, Sydney Sixers $5, the Hurricanes and the Renegades at $7 each, and then Brisbane Heat 8s and Melbourne Stars are at $10. Gotcha, and then a little bit of EPL action tomorrow. We've got uh, our boy Ange, Tottenham versus West Ham, and also Everton and Newcastle. Yeah, we'll start with, uh, let's start with Everton v Newcastle. Uh, that game is at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, Everton, $3.10. The draws, $3.30. Newcastle favourites at $2.30. Uh, the over and under, two and a half goals for the game. Over two and a half goals is $1.85. And under two and a half goals is $1.88. Then we'll get to Tottenham v West Ham. Uh, Tottenham, very firm favourites here, $1.70. The draws at four twenty as well as West Ham at $4.20. And over and under two and a half goals here. Over two and a half goals, $1.44. Under two and a half goals is $2.66. Jeez, you'd be mad not to take that, Mitch, wouldn't you? NFL on Thursday, Thursday night football. Uh, what do you got for the Patriots versus the Steelers? Yeah, Patriots versus the Steelers. Patriots, $3.35. The Steelers, $1.33. The line for the game sits at five and a half points at $1.97. Um, in favour of New Zealand Patriots. And then for the Steelers, the line of five and a half to be cleared at $1.84. Total match points for the game is at 30.5 at $1.91. Beautiful. Can you give us something wide as well that we can keep an eye on, all us punters? Something wide? Um, let me... Is in terms of NFL or are you just talking about... In terms nah, of nah, let's else? go... Just, mate, anything. In your, in your wheelhouse, Mitchie, let's go dishes. All right, let's go race one, number one, Albion Park at around $6 tonight. Oh, wow. That was fast. <laughs> See, this is what he, yep. this is where he's in his comfort zone, Cooper. If, and I'll give Mitchie you, the, I'll give you the, best bet, the best bet on the program at Sandown Park, race three, number one, I'm a Mustang. Um, that is a heat of the laurels. So uh, I'm just trying to see on the app if there is any futures markets. I think there is for the laurels. Uh, I'm a Mustang. You're getting $6 for the overall market. So I reckon that's a really good futures play there as well. Beautiful. Thank you, Mitchie. Uh, that's a market update. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. The Trady Hour, thanks to Amer Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. 
Coming to you live from Moor Park Golf Course today, visit the Estrella Dam pop-up bar at the Moor Park driving range every Friday to Sunday. It's a beautiful day out here this afternoon, um, Cooper, for a hit of golf. Do you play much golf yourself? Uh, no, not at all, actually, but I don't mind coming. Uh, we've, we did a golf day not long ago after Mad Monday. Uh, Twelve of us went up to the Central Coast. And I just drove the buggy around. Oh, nice. And <laughs> I drove deliver. I was like the Uber Eats of beers and uh, balls to the boys. So that was good fun. And we actually got a young man fired that day what? from the golf course. So oh, from the golf course, not from the Manly Club. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Ben Trebojevic. <laughs> <laughs> it was a matter of time. Yeah. Now, we, we got out. We drove there. But then everyone was too intoxicated. We couldn't drive back. So we bribed this dude we gave a young man there who was like in charge of hiring out all the golf carts we gave him two hundred dollars to drive us back and to our which probably 20 minutes away our airbnb and then he was going to uber back and he was stoked he was happy to do that like yeah. he, he made in that 10 minutes what he was in the whole day yeah and um but the uber because we were like in country in like inland of the central coast so the uber took like 20 minutes by the time he got back his boss had figured out he left and he ended up getting sacked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, poor Did you invite him to the Mad Monday after, or was he too young? Uh, oh, he was 18. Like, he was 18. Yeah, okay. He had one beer with us. Yeah. Uh, but, no, nah, he didn't get the invite back. Well, he's got a story for life anyway. Well, just on golf, other sports that pique your interest. Obviously, you spend a lot of time down in Melbourne. So, do you have a, an AFL team? Uh, I'm a Melbourne Demons man. Yep. Um, which, they used to share the facilities with us at Amy Park. So... We'd always be doing gym when they'd been in there doing gym. Do they do gym? They do. Uh, <laughs> party weights. <laughs> party weights. <laughs> doing party weights. I was about to say, I didn't think AFL players or did calves. gym. <laughs> they were doing buys and tries and shoulders before, before they were going to some festivals. Um, but no, they were all knock, they were, they were, um, knockabout guys, a lot of them. Uh, there are a few, that the odd ones you get, that uh, aren't as knockabout. Yeah. But, um, no, they were good boys. So. Have you ever wondered about AFL, um, the singlet? jerseys like of all the sports to get their pipes out AFL is it's a, you make a good point the Guernsey having, well, and having... it's the coldest place in Australia yeah and they're wearing the singlets I did th I have we have thought that before uh, Melbourne actually did it in a nines tournament over in New Zealand one time the storm wore a Guernsey oh, I vaguely remember that yeah but uh, it doesn't really doesn't really work in league because you get cut up and stuff if you don't protect yourself True. against studs and things. So True. I'm surprised they've never changed it. There are a few players that wear long sleeve jerseys in the AFL. Uh, but yeah, they're, why they're does it have to be singlet or wrist? Yeah, I don't know why they, they cut the sleeves. I don't know why it goes straight from singlet to long sleeve. I don't know why you're not Brooksy, allowed you're to you're a sports a historian. A sleeve expert. Yeah. I thought you would have it for a sponsor as well. Good point. Like, even if you wanted it to the elbow just to put an Good extra point. logo there to make some money. But seems like it's a bit of a fashion, though. I'm just like, eyeballing this thing and thinking they have a lot less sponsors on their jersey in general. And their arms, like, their arms are in play quite a bit, like, above the head. You Could be a it's range. like basketball, what, right? You think they need the... The movement. Yeah, 100%. It's a good... It's No, it is. It makes a good point. <laughs> because the jerseys we wear, you can barely get your arm above your head. Yeah, okay. So it is it is very hard. Maybe the singlet sleeves up... Like, it, uh, sorry, frees up a little bit of uh, rotator cuff range. Well, if you've got your armpits on show... So a lot of rugby league players say they shave their legs because of strapping tape, but we all know that a lot of them do it for the looks. Yeah. 
if your arm, do you shave your armpits if you're playing AFL? Because it would look pretty rank if you're going for a, a mark of the year and you've just got these big hairy pits. Looks pretty rank show. if you're bald as well, yeah. like a six-year-old boy. So. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Maybe true. Or clipper. <laughs> clipper then. Maybe a bit of trimming. <laughs> so you're going in going, hey, Tony, give us a four again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not too short, because, you know, I might take a good specky this oh. way. <laughs> yeah, bald. Bald is probably also a bit rank, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon maybe tr- get the scissors through a little bit, clean it up around, like, so it's not coming out the sides. Uh, I'm not too sure about completely clipping it off. Tex Hoy, actually, shout out to Tex Hoy. He used to play up at the Newcastle Knights. Yeah. Uh, son of Matt Hoy, uh, yep. pro surfer. surfer. Yep. He's now over at Hull FC, I'm pretty sure, or KR, one of them. Um, he used to shave his armpits till he was 22. There Tex you go. Hoy, random fact. Yeah, yeah, he thought it looked good. Until the uh, family sat him down, had an intervention, and realised <laughs> it didn't look good. <laughs> See, well, I, in swimming, we've got to, we, we do the full shave down, so you've got to shave your pits. Oh, true. And it's fraught with danger because it's a very uneven surface under the armpits and very soft skin. So, like a little nick, yeah, you get bad cuts on the, on the pits. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A few boys have had, um, down in Melbourne, have had ringworms under their armpits before yeah, there's a I, lot of sweat down there i don't fully understand what a ringworm is because i haven't come from that world so is it a literal worm that's under your skin no, or is it like a it's a rash it's like think like yeah, okay. eczema think like yeah. eczema but it's just a red ring and it's itchy and it flakes and it's one it of the flakes. most contagious things yeah so oh. it gets all flaky so uh shout out to tino Faasul malaawi <laughs> over the titans hey tino if you're listening um he was now known as the Ring King, or <laughs> the Ring King, or Lord Lord of the Ring. <laughs> His other name was because he was riddled with ringworm and he passed it through the whole club. How do you? Oh man, how do you prevent um, ringworm if it's really contagious? Showers. So like having. Oh, so regu- it's a cleanliness thing. So, but like, cause cause down there you'd you'd train, uh, you'd run, you'd and then you'd do um, gym, and then you'd have wrestling in the Arvo. So some boys just wouldn't shower the whole day oh. until you finish. So um, some of the boys, Harry Grant was another one that was riddled with it. Like having a shower regularly after every exercise, get all the sweat off you and not in your undies. So that's what the doctor said. Like get your undies off when you're in the shower because a lot of boys would shower in undies in the locker room. And the So they sh- get ringworm in where uh, they wouldn't get it around that region, but just <laughs> he, he seemed to think that the fact that there was you're showering in there, then you're touching your undies to take them off, then you're oh. touching yourself, it had uh, spread it Far around. Out. When um, I was at Fox, we were over in Perth for the nines, and one thing that we wanted to do during the broadcast was do the mic up of the players. So we yeah. had a few of the boys, Scotty Drinkwater, who went on to be MVP of the tournament, he had it on for the semis and Was this the final. single... Yeah, it was like just a little singlet thing you'd wear under the jersey. I think it had a little chip at the back and a little mic at the front. And um, we'd be taking it off. We'd have to have like a sanitary sort of thing to wash the um, vest on. Because you'd see some of the boys, you'd be like, oh, geez, we're going to double dump that one. Yeah, Ringies everywhere. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dirty buggers. I'd never really thought about that. See, swimming is pristine you're actually more clean than a normal person because you're constantly in chlorine yeah chlorine it's basically it's a bad for you chlorine isn't it um it makes your hair go blonde oh it does i thought it makes you go bald Mm, i don't know not didn't get me but i climmy got him did it okay i don't know if it makes you go bald but it makes caps though 
Yeah, well, I only started wearing a cap towards the back end of my career. Um, I didn't used to think it was cool when I was younger. I always raced in a cap, but training, I thought it was cool, no cap. Well, you get fashions in swimming as well. Yeah. So actually, I don't know if it caught on because I sort of retired by the end of it, but I wanted to start a fashion where you leave the cords out of your speedos. Oh, okay. So you do a bow and then leave it out. Yeah, it seemed like that really caught on. <laughs> <laughs> few operators down at Bondi with the cords out. <laughs> Dodgy characters. I think they wear hawkers to the beach. Uh, all right. You're on the run home with uh, Cooper Johns and James Magnuson today. Joel and Fletch gone. Welcome back to the run home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson this afternoon. All talk with Hello Sport returns with new episodes in December. Guests include Merv Hughes, Brett Lee and Tim Payne. All talk with Hello Sport Fridays from 6pm right here on SEN 1170 AM. You're a bit of a Hello Sport. Actually, you were on the show. I was on the show last week, yeah. How was that? It was fun. I was actually out there uh, just checking out their space and then uh, Tom and Eddie suggested their... They've got a little man who sort of sits behind yeah. the laptop who they... Dior Dave, they call him. Yeah. And uh, they said Dior had uh, COVID. Why you call him a little man? Yeah. He's a small man. He's tiny, isn't yeah. he? And, you uh, drop punt him. Yeah, literally. And uh, they called... He had COVID. So they... Yeah. When I was out there, they were like, well, do you know what would be funny? If we just put you in Dior's place but never said it was you and just kept referencing as you as Dior mm. and see what happens. And we did it. And it went for like an hour and a half. And then... All of a sudden, all these people were messaging me, was that you dressed up as Dior? <laughs> Isn't it weird when worlds collide? So I've always, I've just listened to their content naturally, organically. And then I did the show once and have had a few interactions with them. But then when your world collides with what the, the content that you listen to, it gets, it's really strange. Yeah. Like, has, has your dad been hit up a lot since he did uh, Den and Kemp's podcast? Because he's been all over my social media feed and... The Hello Sport punters and dribblers all been talking about y- your old man on uh, on bloke in a bar. Yeah, it's uh, you don't realise how many people are listening. I guess like Crazy. a lot of my schoolmates. I was at uh, out at the Harbour Hilton on the weekend, and folks yep. were coming up to me saying how I was Dior. And there is a there's a big thing at the moment because Dad did the bloke in a bar one with Denon, and he kept calling him Beak. Yeah. So now they're on TikTok and social media. Yeah. There's all these memes of a Beak <laughs> counter. And uh, I think Dad ended up calling him, in an hour and a half, Dad called him Beak 41 times. Yeah. I didn't want to go there, but <laughs> that was a big thing. I, I didn't. I would have thought, because they did the show together, the um, weekend one, or the Friday one, that he, he would have called him Dennett. All right, we've got to get to a break. Plenty more to come here on The Run Home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson.